This is Paul Gallant on 710 ESPN Seattle. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. At Gallant Says on Twitter. Text into the show at 710-710. Hello and welcome aboard the Paul Gallant Show on this Thursday, July 22nd of 2021. I am Paul Gallant and this is the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. We've got a couple of questions on the table today because we now know at least a general idea of what the Seattle Kraken will be this coming season. More moves to come as of legitimately two minutes ago. NHL teams can announce any trades that are made. They can officially do that, and we'll find out if the Kraken landed a bunch of assets with some of the picks that they made as part of little side deals, side arrangements after yesterday's expansion draft. We'll talk about where they stand after the expansion draft as well. But the question of today's show has to do with the big stretch coming for the Mariners. They have a real test ahead of them. The Oakland A's, a four-game homestand against them, and that homestand wraps up with three more against the Houston Astros. Text in 710-710 on the Mac and Jacks Brewing Company text line. How are they going to do over this seven-game stretch? I think that they're going to go three and four. And I'm going back and forth between two and five and three and four. I feel like this is a team that is competitive, that is headed in the right direction, that actually appears to be on schedule. But on schedule right now, able to beat teams like Oakland, yeah, that's not crazy. Houston, a little bit more of an uphill battle. So I, I don't think that we're going to be changing our mind a whole lot based on off of what happens over the next seven games. But that's just my take on it. We had Jerry DePoto, the general manager of the Seattle Mariners, on Danny and Gallant this morning. Check out the podcast for the full interview. And I asked him, hey, over this seven-game stretch, realistically, what can we learn about the Mariners? I couldn't be more excited. We've got the two best teams in our division. We've we've made up a lot of ground in the the first half of this season and what we were hoping to achieve as a team. And and we're going to find out a lot over these next seven games about where we are in this, uh, in the, in the hunt, I I suspect. And going back to what I just said, I think you're going to find out that you are competitive, that you are relevant, that you are respectable, that you are so many things that are just very, very nice ways of saying that you're not quite a playoff team, which is not a problem, and I think that anybody that is expecting it or was expecting that, even as a possibility this season, you're crazy. (laughs) I mean, shoot, I I, I still, just looking at the wildcard standings, think that I'm looking at a mirage when I see that the Mariners are the first team out, as things currently stand, ahead of the Yankees and that massive payroll and the big names that they have ahead of Toronto and all those young bats and all the home runs that they've been hitting thus far this year. I mean, we're still talking about a team that's got about a negative 56 run differential. And when you look at that in context, the larger context of an American league that's got 10 teams with winning records, it does make you a little bit skeptical that they're going to be able to keep this up. But here they stand. And at least of late, it has not looked like the idea of them completely falling apart, falling out of it, is a real possibility they're playing a little bit over 500 and I think they can do it against teams that are on their level like a Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim team or teams that are significantly worse than them like Texas who they have had the number of for the last couple of seasons Jerry DePoto 
we asked him too about what the trade deadline means for the Mariners, what kind of deals they might be looking to make because they're in this almost contender, but not quite playoff contender conversation right now. Here's Jerry. I, I, we've always known what we wanted to do. And, and I feel like I, I've tried to be clear in expressing that. And, you know, especially as the last, you know, four or six weeks have, have shown the, the improvement and the progress that this team is making. We'd love to add to this team. And, you know, whether that is that what we have talked about in the areas of second base or right hand bat starting pitcher, you know, the one thing we have focused on and will continue to focus on are players who make sense for us beyond 2021. You know, what we don't think makes a great deal of sense is, is forfeiting any real significant part of our future for short term rental type gains. Pragmatic sensible and Jerry's saying this hopefully ownership is listening and thinking to themselves yep while it's cool where we're at right now stay the course would be nice if there was a little bit more certainty for Jerry DePoto and for Scott Service to their credit they seem to be handling things quite professionally given that they don't know necessarily that they are going to be running the Seattle Mariners next year. But no short-term rentals, that's the way to go. Can you get a guy that's going to be perhaps a key foundational piece in your starting rotation over the coming weeks? That's what I want. And I don't think that every prospect should be off-limits. We love prospects, don't we? And every now and then... You're going to trade a guy who ends up being good, just like every now and then you're going to trade a guy who ends up not living up to the expectations attached to him. When it comes to pitchers, that is so uncertain. But going back to a conversation that Danny and I had this morning, if Yerman Marquez is from the Colorado Rockies, we saw just a couple of days ago, if he is available via trade and it takes trading a George Kirby or an Emerson Hancock, one of your top pitching prospects, to get him, you do it. That is a move you should make. If it's not going to be ridiculously over-the-top expensive to go get someone like that, and it's sounding maybe like it might not be as expensive to get him, that should not keep you from doing it. Because, yeah, you want to see your young players develop and blossom into great players. But you don't know that's going to happen. Like We're still figuring out if that's going to happen with Jared Kelnick. We're figuring out right now if that's even a remote possibility with Cal Raleigh. Jerry DePoto brought up a good point that would, I think, make it a smart move to push for someone like Herman Marquez. Adding players who will be here beyond 2021 is our only focus until further notice, but you, you go a little bit further than that, and he talked about how when you look at this team and trying to reward this team and trying to reward what this success has been thus far this year that's also a factor and you know that's something we had talked about with Ryan Divish and to actually hear Jerry DePoto acknowledge that publicly that was good to hear because that means that he realizes look what they've done you got to make sure that you show them a little bit of respect you wet the beak a little bit and here is him talking about that oh I think they do and having been in that position I I can Mm -hmm. tell you for sure (laughs) they do you know, there is there is a certain level of confidence that, that that group has to go out and play every night, 
the reason why we are where we are in the standings is because of, of what the players in that room have done. It would be a vote of confidence to, to show them that here, we believe what you're doing. And you know, as I said, we really want to do that. While it is notable, the number of trades we've made uh, over time, it's not easy to make trades, <laughs> and yeah. especially not easy to make trades in July. A couple of texts in on the Mac and Jack's Burn Company text line in response to that, because what you said right there, Jerry, is that, look, we feel like these guys have played well enough where they deserve a little bit of extra help. And I would hope that this time around, help that actually is a real shot in the arm as opposed to some of the moves that they made at the 2018 trade deadline. Text, George Kirby, maybe, but that's still too much. Emerson for Marquez, you're nuts. Marquez got lit up by us. Not worth giving away prospects with real potential for. It's a, it's just potential, though, guys. It's like trading away first-round draft picks. They're, sometimes we are a little bit married, too married, to the idea of what something can be. And while it c- could be great, in Marquez, you do have a plus pitcher. Yeah, the, the Mariners did pretty well against him the last time around. They were also playing at Coors Field, and I mean, look at Marquez's numbers despite the fact that he is a Colorado Rockies starting pitcher. I think that deserves a little bit of credit. Another text, Paul, the Rockies have spent 20 years demonstrating they are inept. Marquez can't be gotten. Just give them leather chairs for the rooftop bar. That's all they care about. That's pretty funny. All right, it is the Paul Gallant Show, the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. You can watch it, 710sports.com slash video. You can listen on your phone with the 710 app you can listen on your smart speaker too this hour of the paul galan show is brought to you by advanced hair restoration it is 10 11 that means it's time for what's trending brought to you by king's heating and air with maura dooley good morning afternoon maura dooley how are you now oh doing splendid how are you i'm good i don't really know what to make of what the kraken did definitively had some conversations with a friend of mine who is obsessed with hockey and he thinks that year one's going to be rather rough for Seattle at least based off of what they did in the expansion draft but what's your read on this whole thing you are the hockey expert of 710 uh well I don't know if I go that far you are I am a big hockey fan uh I think it's an unfinished product so I don't think we should be making huge judgments right now I do think um Ron Francis did say that they are definitely looking to add more um, in free agency, and then uh, there's also the fact that they are in a weak division, which helps. You know, we're so used to the Seahawks and the yeah, Mariners West, yeah. having to fight it out in these tough divisions, and that's not going to be the case for the Kraken. A lot of teams make the playoffs in hockey. I think that that is a very realistic goal. Probably not going all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals like the Golden Knights, but I think they can make the playoffs. The Golden Knights kind of screwed them in that the Golden Knights have made it within the realm of our imagination, a possibility that this could happen. And that's very unlikely. And and based off of what I see thus far, they, they have gotten good defensemen. They have a promising goalie. They do not have a lot of guys who can score. I don't know that that's necessarily the end all be all, but I look at them right now, Mora. And if I were them, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with them going into this year saying, you know what, we're going to put together a roster, we're going to figure out what we like and what we don't like, but having as much cap space as we possibly can for the year afterwards, and on top of that, also maybe having a shot at drafting a super prospect by um, the name of Shane Wright. He is a center. He is getting some some hype on the level of, 
you don't remember him. Connor McDavid got a ton of hype not too long ago, and hype is hype, but sometimes these prospects, you just can't stop hearing about them, and that is one of them. That is definitely one of those guys who you look at and you think to yourself, all right, maybe this is a franchise player going forward. But that would never, it would not be a sure thing that you right. would even get in a position to get him. Because so it's a I lottery. I don't think they're mortgaging their future on that hope. I mean, I think that would be good, but I think they're just trying to um, be what well, your word of the day is pragmatic, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're just trying to be smart about the way they build this, not take any big risks. But I do think we'll see some free agency signings, hopefully, like you said, a goal scorer. Um, and the, the goal, they have some depth at goalie. They can, they can have some, uh, a little bit of a, a battle there, but uh, I I think with the defense that they have, if they get good goaltending, it'll be okay that maybe they don't score as much, but hopefully we'll see an addition in that area. Right. And, and then we won't feel as worried about it. And, and while they have all this cap space, I, I, I do think it's important to note, I would imagine that a lot of veteran players are going to be a little bit dubious about joining an expansion franchise, especially the marquee guys. Now, maybe like the second shelf or the third shelf veterans that are out there, you can bring a couple of them in. And it's not to say that they won't be plus players for you. But I, while they have a lot of cap space, I think we have to be realistic about how they can actually allocate it and, and use it, you know? Yeah. Depends. There are some guys out there like uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, who they didn't take, that are unhappy with the teams they're with. This is true. And maybe they would like it a little bit better here. I just think that if I were in this situation, especially if I'm a longtime vet, I'm probably going to think to myself, man, this team's going to be figure. This entire organization is going to be figuring it out on the fly. Also, funny note about uh, hockey: if you ever talk to a hockey person, specifically a Canadian hockey person, they say organization. Oh yeah, there's a, there's a lot of those words that we'll be we'll be hearing more of. As I mean, if you watched the expansion draft last night, there are a lot of Canadians on this team. This is true. <laughs> This is very, very true. Six Selly boys. Yeah. All right, I'm going to switch it up on you here. We actually have a, a, li- a little bit of breaking news Ooh. in the NFL from Tom Pelissero. The NFL just informed clubs that if a game cannot be rescheduled due- during the 18-week season in 2021 due to a COVID outbreak among unvaccinated players, the team with the outbreak will forfeit and will be credited with a loss for playoff seating. Wow. I mean, it's not entirely surprising. I- I feel like this should be the way to go. And look, I'm not going to tell you to make a decision on what you should or shouldn't do, but the NFL is a privately owned corporation and they should have the right, if they want to, to determine whether or not someone should or shouldn't, I guess, get vaccinated. I know that some people don't like hearing that, but availability is the most important thing in sports. And I feel like if you want to play, Shouldn't you just get the vaccine if you want to play? And if you don't want to play, then you don't have to get the vaccine. You know, it's a it's it's your own personal choice. But the idea of some games being forfeited in the NFL is completely unacceptable. You saw how they bent over backwards to not have it happen this past season. Do you 100% buy, Mora, them saying that there would be forfeits? Because I guess as I talk to myself about this, I am a little bit dubious that they would not bend over backwards with Tuesday and Wednesday games like they did this past season. Uh, I don't know. Mike Garofalo said what this means in in short is no week 19 by any stretch. That's the stated goal. Whereas last year they allowed for an extra week if necessary. Um, We will see. 
We'll see. I got to turn this TV off. I don't know how anyone deals with this in the studio. You know what? I'm sorry, Dave Wyman. It's <laughs> don't distracting. Don't say that. Don't say that yeah, don't because that's, that's supposedly the reason they weren't allowed to have one for so long. He'll be really mad at you if you get the TV taken out of there. Well, you know what? Turn it off when you leave it or something. Because I, I just have, my mind wanders too much. I, and the funny thing is, like, this is like a stupid commercial that is distracting me. Anywho, 710 710 is the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. Akalon says is how you tweet in. You can call in 206 421 3776. How many of the next seven games will the Mariners win? How many? You answer that next. It's time for you to be heard. Your voice. Your opinions. It's time to be heard. Every day at 1015 with Paul Gallant. Be heard. 710-710. I'm really hoping for 5-2 and two over the next seven. But man, even to go 4-3 and three would be fantastic. I will be happy with any winning record that comes out of it. You should be as well. But the odds are not in their favor. Mainly because while you're going to get your full slate of starters against the Oakland A's, you're going to have one of those weird starts against the Houston Astros. I almost feel like that's a foregone conclusion of a loss at first. So Houston, I feel like at the very least, they're going to take two of three from you. Houston is... I think significantly better than Oakland. And I know, Paul, oh, you like the Astros, blah, blah, blah. Look, they're just really good. Cheating or no cheating, look at the numbers this season. That is a juggernaut of a baseball team. They are going to make it really hard for you. Oakland is not that far ahead of you. They are not. And I look at Oakland and I see a team that you can definitely win three or four against. So four out of seven, I think it's possible. Five and two, that's asking too much. Six and one or seven and zero, I would say close to impossible. If they get it done, I would attempt to do a backflip, probably fail and hurt myself. Seven ten, seven ten on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. I'm hoping Mariners fans show up. I'm an A's fan. Drove up from the Bay for the series. Would love to see a packed house for this series. Also, hoping you guys sweep those cheating Astros. Well. Welcome to town. I am hoping that we see a packed house, too. And I feel like we've been close. The atmosphere that I was not there for against the Texas Rangers on the Friday of that 4th of July weekend with the JP, JP, JP chance in the crowd, that was truly special. And I do hope that we're able to get some more of that as the season progresses. We got a couple of callers right now, 206 421 3776 is how you call in. Let's go to Robert in Kingsgate. Robert, our good buddy. What's going on? Uh, hey, Paul. Um, I just want to make this quick because I'm driving. Okay. I'm be calling. Um, I just want to say this next seven games, to me, in my view, and I think probably yours, is critical for the top toe and service. If they keep their job, they're not. If they like to flop, then they should be gone. But if they, they should actually, be gone over seven games, and also it's DePaul. Oh, yeah, Come on, get it right. If we then we're out, we're out. You know, it would be pointless. You know, because we're not even going to well, be in contention. Hang, hang on, hang on a second. Now, it would be an uphill battle, that's for sure. And Jerry mentioned in the interview with us that they've made up a lot of ground of late. But remember that if they don't do well in these two series, they have one, two, three, four, five series left the rest of the way. Uh, six series rest, left the rest of the way against those teams. So it, it's not it's not like they'll never have another chance to potentially go up against them. But this upcoming stretch, I will agree with you in that. If 
they do struggle, they're going to find themselves back with the rest of the pack, and Toronto and New York have more horses than they do, at least offensively. So why is it an issue then, real quickly, because I know you want to get to the other caller, but why would it be an issue for us to pick up another hitter? It's going to be hard, I would imagine, to actually find someone who you, who would be able to help you right now just based off of what you have. Now, I suppose you could cheer, trade one of your pitching prospects to get that guy, but I would prefer, and appreciate the phone call, Robert, I would prefer that they go after a starting pitcher. Let's squeeze in one last caller at 206-421-3776. It's our guy, Corey and Pialop. Corey, what's up? How you doing, man? Doing well. Um, I personally think this might be the biggest series. I mean, not personally, this is the biggest series of the year so far. And um, if we sweep, we're .5 ahead. I think we're not as far from the Astros as people think either. And I don't think the Yankees are good, like you said, either. So, I mean, I'm not really worried about them, to be honest. You're not worried about I mean, them? They, I mean, they like... got no pitching. They got no pitching. They're not going to make it far. You need, need more than one pitcher, unfortunately. Yeah, they do have Garrett Cole, and that's probably as far as I things mean, go for them. I mean, they get that lineup going, but I feel like that team's old, and I've been saying that since the beginning of the year, that the Yankees aren't going to be as good as everyone thinks they are, and I think I'm right. I've been enjoying it, and you know what? You have been right thus far, Corey, and appreciate the phone call. So... Uh, this is important as far as staving off those other guys still, though. I, I, I would just say long-term, yeah, you're doing better than the Yankees are this year, but you don't want to be in a race with them because they're probably going to make a major move, I would imagine, at the trade deadline given how angry, I bet, ownership is at what they've been able to deliver this year, which is not very much. And then on the other side of things, too, with Toronto, I mean, that's a young team and they're only getting better. I mean, that and, and look at the offensive output that they've had thus far this year. I'm Paul Galan. It's the Paul Galan Show, 710 ESPN Seattle, 710-710 on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Text line is how you text in. We're going to talk to our good friend, the Graz, next right here. What does he think is going to happen over this next seven-game stretch? What do you think about the Seattle Kraken's expansion draft? All of that on the table. Don't go anywhere. Local Xfinity store today. Restrictions apply. Requires paperless billing and auto pay. Ends 9-30-21. New performance starter plus customers only. Equipment taxes and fees extra and subject to change. After term, regular rates apply. XFi Advanced Security is available to Xfinity Internet customers with a compatible Xfinity XFi gateway. Don't wait a second longer. Make the call to 1-800-XFINITY. It's 1030, and that means it's time to get in the sports pit. In the pit where all that stuff goes down, and if you don't have some freaking toughness... You're going to get your, you're going to fail with Paul Gallant. Text in 710 on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line to ask a question of the great and powerful Graz, who is here thanks to our friends at the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Graz, what's going on, buddy? Just uh, living the dream, Paul, living the dream. We are all living the dream because the Mariners are above 500. It's almost the trade deadline. And they're about to go and play two teams that are really, really good. So I suppose we're about to find out if our dream and the Dare to Dream Express is the Dare to Be Real Express. Eh? Eh? Look, that was terrible, uh, but uh, yeah. <laughs> if we're going to dare, brother, let's dare big. So let's, wh- let's, let's dare big. Let's believe in the sweep in Oakland and then 40,000 showing up because of the momentum Ooh. of a six-game winning streak on Sunday, uh, watching Kendall Graveman uh, strike out uh, the side in the ninth inning and uh, sweep the Astros. 
You're 13 games over 500. Oh You've won God. seven in a row. You're in the wild card. You're a game and a half behind Houston. Jerry Depoto, it's your move because we dare to dream. That sounds amazing. That sounds absolutely amazing. Now, I don't think it'll end up happening if we're being realistic. No, I don't either. What's going to take place over the next seven games? Well, I mean, it, you're, the, the, the big games are these Oakland games. Man. I agree. I, mean, this is, I agree. You got... This is the team you, you, you really chase, and this is the one. If, if you you got to be, you want to be at least four and three, obviously, and uh, so it means you, you're going to win one series and not win the other one. If you're going to win a series three, you, you want to win this one. You want to take three out of four if you can. You're up against Oakland's pitching, and uh, you've in theory got your best pitching going. So uh, it's that um, they've split the games they've played so far this year. So this this really sets the stage for then Houston, which which can be a little bit gravy if you can take three out of four, but. I think that's what you've got to, you know, you're, you're the home team. You Like we just talked about, you're five, six games over 500. You're playing well. That should be a reasonable expectation to win this series with Oakland. And if you do that, I think you, 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 send, a, you send a ripple of excitement through everyone going into the Houston series. You could maybe send another ripple of excitement into the Mariners' actual roster if you were to make a trade at the trade deadline that makes them a little bit better. And speaking with Jerry Depoto this morning, it does sound – like the Mariners aren't going to make any short-term additions, but that they do want to make a move to upgrade the roster because they feel like it would show this team a little bit of respect. I'm really curious as to what they might end up doing and just how willing they might be to dig into the minor leaguer coffers and potentially pony up someone on the same level as a maybe George Kirby or an Emerson Hancock. What do you think that they would be willing to actually give up to get something to improve themselves over the course of the next week? I'd like to see Jerry Depoto change his tune internally. He didn't have to change it externally because I think you know not closing the door to a rent a player is a mistake mm. if you're in a position that, that that the team could find themselves in if you're in the race because that costs almost no capital. I mean, you give up an A ball player who's 25 years old when you look at look back at trades made at the trade deadline for guys who are going to be free agents at the end of the year. So, and that has the same galvanizing impact. Uh, it, it, it absolutely does. And DePoto's a player, so he understands this. Um, when management makes a move like that, it, it shows that they do believe, and that stuff does matter to players. So um, I, I would hate to see them close the door uh, on a rental player who would be much less expensive to get uh, because they, they feel like they got to get someone. If, you know, I'm not opposed to getting someone who figures into the long-term plans, but uh, I don't believe this is the time to be limiting your options. I'm with you in that. I hope that they have everything on the table for it, but there's a part of me too, Graz, that feels like it would probably be smart to make sure that you have the guy locked up long term. Because if you're going to make a play for a short term guy, I, I'm I'm assuming that we're we're talking about short term guys that are younger, not someone like I don't know Nelson Cruz. You probably wouldn't have to give up a whole lot for. I would assume. To get him right, we're 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 talking let, about. But let me ask you, Paul. Let me ask you, Paul. I mean, let, let's go with that thought for a second. So let's let's say that that's what Nelson Cruz is, an older guy. You don't have to give that much for. You don't think you'd get your money's worth out of Nelson Cruz on this team for 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 two months, more so than you might with any other player that you add? Well, isn't he the exception? That that's sort of where I was going there. I I feel like okay. someone like him might be an exception. I I wonder what other short term options I guess might be in consideration. Right. Right. That, that, that's definitely, I mean, look, I'm not just saying do it just for the sake of doing it. You got to figure out who's out there. And, uh, you know, you look at teams and, and Minnesota is one of them, of course, the Cubs. 
uh, are one of them, of course. Uh, you know, looking like they're going, they're about to go through a fire sale, and and there are some others also. So, um, you know, it, and again, it depends. To me, in, in my book, this largely depends on what happens the next seven days. I mean, this is not a conversation we're having if they go two and five. That is incredible. The stakes that are on these next seven games. We'll see what the Seattle Kraken end up getting out of what they have done in the expansion draft yesterday. It was an interesting performance. I will say that yeah. this, the, the suspense was taken out of it by some of the things that we were able to find out on the internet, but it was cool to see Marshawn Lynch. I think they did Sean Kemp dirty, putting him in that tiny little t-shirt. Uh, poor Sean, that was yeah. cool. <laughs> Come on, it's the rain man. You've got you to gotta treat him with a little bit of respect. What are your impressions based off of what they brought in in this expansion draft about what they're trying to do this coming season? Sure. I think maybe the uh, the most important thing to take out of yesterday is $28 million $600,000 or something like that, because that's the amount of cap room they have mm-hmm. um, moving forward. And, and they, they really, really emphasize that. They did not uh, you know go after uh, obvious, obvious guys who, who were there, who were available, who had big price tags on them. I think there are going to be trades that, that they've agreed to that, that for some reason weren't made yesterday that are going to be made uh, in the next couple of days because you, know, it, it, you want to get a little more draft capital if you can. But they are in. They are going to be big time players for for scorers. It looks like in free agency, they are way under the cap. And I thought that was that was one of the major goals yesterday. If you're if you're the Kraken, is is to give yourself cap flexibility, and and that gives you the chance to to make a move on on some guys. And and your goal is is crystal clear. It's to be good right away. I mean, you're not you're not building you're not building an expansion team like they, they were in the old days with baseball, where it's going to take you three four years to even get your head above water. You, the expectation is you're going to be good immediately. Is that so fair though? I think, I, I, I kind of look at what they did, and and I I don't want to be all doom and gloom, but sure. What 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 they have right now, I I don't know if that's going to get them on the same level as Vegas, and I'm wondering if Vegas is just the team that's going to sort of ruin the expansion experience for everybody, and that they were able to do what they did so quickly. Well, uh, certainly getting to the Stanley Cup Finals would be yeah. off the charts. You're amazing. That's, that, that's not, I'm not expecting that, but I am expecting them uh, with the, the core group that they have to, to really have some significant free agent acquisitions and some, some deals that are going to be made that are going to make – you know, I'm, I'm going to guess about 80% of these guys are going to be on the team. Mm-hmm. So that there's going to be five, six other guys that are going to be added. All of those guys are going to be big-time players. So I think before, until we see that happen, um, you know, we'll, we'll wait and we'll wait and see what we think they're going to do. But I do think Vegas could have ruined it for everyone. But look, this was under the same rules as Vegas. They got themselves quite a bit of talent. They've got themselves quite a bit of cap room to to, to move, maneuver with. Uh, so I, in my opinion, there's no there's no way they're not going to have a winning season. I mean, I, I see them. I see this as a team that, that that comes out and has a winning season their very first year. I would love to see that. I'm I'm a little skeptical on that front. But we have a question for the Gras seven ten seven ten. You get to ask our guests in the sports pit a question every single week from the three six zero Gras. How do you think? And this is referring to the Mariners. We do over the next mm-hmm. seven games, and you. You, I, I feel like we're both sort of on the same page, and that there's some cautious optimism here. But one more time for the people. 
Yeah, I, I think the Mariners are playing real well. And, and uh, you know, the Colorado game, the last one notwithstanding, I mean, I just like I like how they look. I like how they're playing. I like what their, their, how their confidence feels. Uh, I like that, that different guys are making big plays. I like that, that, that Mitch Haniger is who, who's so important for them going forward, is has stepped up his game at this point. I liked Marco Gonzalez's start against Colorado. I thought that was something definitely to build on. I love what I'm seeing from from Logan Gilbert. Uh, I think that he's he's made he's made great strides, and my fingers are crossed that Kikuchi has got it out of his system that that, that he goes strong as well. But uh, I think you've got a team that, that that certainly is believing in themselves at this point. You know, they've played enough games and are over 500 to know that they're a good team. And um, it, it's it's a perfect time to, to have them in Safeco Field uh, against against the A's and against the Astros and, and really take the measure of, of where they where they are, not, in the, not only in their rebuild, but like I said, where they are this year because they come out of this w- w- smelling like roses. They are They are in the playoff race. And that would be something special for a young team like this that, that reminds me a lot of some other Mariner young teams that have come down the pike, too. Well, that's exciting. That's a very exciting way to wrap things up. Graz, you're the best. Love you, man. And uh, talk to you next week. Okay, Paul. Thanks, buddy. That is the Graz, everybody, on the Paul Gallant Show, the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. Seven ten, seven ten. A couple of questions to put on the table on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. First off, is it fair to put expectations of competing on the Kraken? Gross has them. Also, the Mariners have this big test ahead of them. Seven games against the A's and Astros. What's their record going to be? You get to answer those next. 206-421-3776. The most interactive sports talk show in Seattle continues after this. You're listening to Paul Gallant. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Every day at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. Seattle. It's the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle, 710-710. Kraken conversation and the Mariners with a big couple of series on deck available for you to talk about. 206-421-3776-710-710. The Mac and Jack's Brewing Company tax line. I don't think it's fair to put expectations on the Kraken. I feel like the Vegas Golden Knights sort of ruin things for any team that's going to be an expansion franchise. And honestly, any sport. Teams got wise to it. We've heard conversations about how some teams looked at the way that the Vegas Golden Knights were able to take advantage of bad situations for some teams, taking deals so that certain players would be protected, even though the you know, the Golden Knights could have selected them. If you look at how it all went down, there's a lot of teams that decided this time around that they were going to be a little bit more cautious. So the Kraken are somewhat a victim of the last expansion team coming into the league within the last five years. I bet if this was a 10-year, 15-year gap or something like that, given all of the general managers that would likely have moved locations, some might be entirely out of the league, all the new ones, I think that things might have looked a little bit different. But from that perspective, okay, they were going uphill to begin with. What they brought in from... What I understand is a team that has some pretty good defenders, has a goalie with some promise, and after that, there's a lot to be desired about the forwards and their ability to score. And if that's the case, then they're probably not going to do so well. And I would just ask you this. Okay, this year's draft, they have the second overall pick. Is it the worst thing in the world if they're awful year one? I do think it's possible. Is it the worst thing in the world if they are awful 
it wouldn't be the most enjoyable experience, but I've got to be honest, just the idea of being able to watch a live NHL game this season, that's palatable for me. And I know that sounds lame. You want to be a competitor, you want to win, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, that's just not the kind of expectation that I have going into this year. And if this guy that is being hyped up the way that he is, super prospect, Shane Wright, a center, who is being hyped on a level that we have not quite seen since Connor McDavid about a decade ago in the NHL. If that's the case, I want to give myself the best possible chance to get that guy in next year's draft. So I think that it's not the end of the world if they go into this season and they're not great. I know this isn't Danny and Gallant, but can I throw a flag on you? Yes, go ahead. The expansion draft just happened yesterday and you're raining all over everyone's parade. Calm down. Well, <laughs> fair <My> point. <laughs> we haven't even seen what trades they're going to make. But do you expect them to make any trades that are going to make them significantly better? Do you expect them to sign any free I think agents? if they get one really good goal scorer, mm-hmm. that would help. One would help, but you know we're talking about, what, three, four lines that every single team has? I, I, I feel like it's, it's fair to expect very little out of this team. And honestly, you're not going to be disappointed. I don't think you should go into this year thinking like, all right, we're going to compete this season. That's not going to happen. That's not. Now, you might, you, you in might compete in the division. division. It very well can. Okay. I promise you. I, I hope I'm wrong. I really do. But, I mean, I'm seeing some of the reactions to some of the picks, and these people are saying, like, these are, these are minor league hockey players, some of the guys that the, that the Kraken picked. Not all of them, but some of them. And some of those guys are going to be moved, and there's going to be all sorts of wheeling and dealing that takes place. But – yeah, I would just look at them right now, and, and I, I feel like the, this idea that they could be Vegas in, in year one, I, I think that's a pipe dream. And I'm sorry. I'm, I don't I'm, think anyone's saying Vegas. I think making the playoffs is different than going all the way to the Stanley Cup in hockey. Isn't making the playoffs and being competitive in the playoffs? I mean, okay, 16 teams make the playoffs in a 32-team league. So you're right from that perspective. There are, uh, what, four divisions now in, in, in hockey. I don't know if they're going to change things up after uh, the pandemic's done, but whatever the case. What you've got is, yeah, a league where just about everybody makes it in. But are you really telling yourself that you're you're in that realm where you're one of the top 16 teams right now, where, where you're picking essentially from the scraps of all these teams that are leaving certain guys available? You know, like Carey Price, they didn't take him. Some of the bigger names, it's not necessarily the end of the world that they didn't get him, but if unless there's some sort of risk involved, like, what are you realistically going to do in your first year? And it doesn't feel like they took any risk in this expansion draft. I, well, risk, maybe, but it's not like they didn't get anyone good. I mean, no, Jordan no, you're right. Eberle scored like 241 goals you're in his right. career. There, there are some talented players. All I, all I am saying, though, is that there, there were some guys that they could have taken maybe flyers on, risks on, that maybe aren't the same player, and they, they didn't go that route. They went the safe route. But I feel like if you really wanted to see this team potentially take like a big step in year one, that's all I'm saying, then they would have had to like do something that was going to be maybe a little bit risk risky. And they seem to take the pragmatic approach. I don't fault them for it. I don't feel like it's fair to put expectations on an expansion team in year one. I'm just like I'm just here to have fun, which right, is well, lame. You've got someone online one that agrees with you. Okay. Uh <laughs> So let's go to the phones. 206-421-3776. Let's go to Robin in Kingston. Robin, what's up? Morning, Paul. I just want to 
uh, agree with you by telling you a story about the NBA, about um, this market. I think the market has to just relax a little bit. And here's the story. <clears throat> you know that uh, that Seattle lost uh, the Supersonics uh, to Oklahoma in 2008. So then there was some pushback and some rattling the cages, and there were talk about you know trying to get the um, trying to get a new NBA. A team situated here, and a lot of the activity really uh, stepped up quite a bit. And on this radio station, one of the former radio hosts said the following verbatim: "Okay, mm-hmm. yes, we would want a an NBA team back in Seattle, but only if it's wins." Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's the expectation of the fan base on everything in Seattle, and people just simply need to be more patient. And listen to you and listen to more Dooley. She said, this isn't done yet. We're going to be some trading. We're going to be trading. The the, the uh, Kraken have done the perfect thing, which is keep uh, a lot of money uh, ready to deal in free agents. That's where the talent is really going to come in. They built the defense, and now you just add really talented offenders. So, and plus, they have the second round draft choice, which will come come to us in a year or two, probably. All right, and, and, so and I'm hope, all with you, Paul. Appreciate the phone call, Robin. Look, I am being a wet blanket. I realize that. I'm glad that Mora at least caught me out, called me out on it. The text line also did as well. I am merely Paul Gallant. Big thanks to the Gras who stopped by earlier. Big thanks to our callers, our texters on the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. Jake and Stacy is next. So long, farewell, and have yourselves a wonderful Thursday.